0: everybody. It's
1: went for a long swim. Whew. Long escape. I made it. Not everybody made it. Screenshot. I made it. <laughs> Welcome everybody to the Resistance Broadcast. Uh Narkina 5 that is a workout getting out of that place but i'm here and i'm glad to be here i'm back in the resistance base welcome as we talk about Andor episode 10 one way out not no way out like i said at the top of my reaction this morning before my coffee one way home one way this home Spider-Man movie <laughs> yeah homeward bound the journey home <laughs> i don't know uh i'm john there's james and Lacey as always uh We're going to get after it, but before we do, thank you to everybody who's joining us live right now in the live chat. I knew it was going to be animated because it really seems like everyone wrapped themselves around this episode, Uh, and for good reason. We're completing it, our final arc, so to speak, of the season as we head into this two-part finale, and we're going to talk all about it. But before we do, if you are on social media and you see our posts, be sure to share them if you don't mind. We appreciate that. Uh, Also, just so you know, we do have super chats if you would like your comment, not only featured on screen on the show, but also talked about. So it's uh, you get our takes on your takes and also the podcast feed uh, gets to hear what you had to say as well. And of course, if you don't mind, make sure you subscribe to the channel, like it, all that good stuff. Uh, But more importantly, let's just have a good time. Whether you're joining us live or you're listening on the podcast after the fact, it's time to talk Star Wars. And that means it's time for some fun. Uh, James Lacey how how we doing? How we doing uh, after
0: this big time episode 10. I think it's kind of funny that <clears throat> it seems like generally the fandom is like, you know, I'm on board to see where they go when that first episode drops and then like the middle episode drops and everybody's like this show is just rough. It's hard to watch, it's slow, it's boring, I don't really like it. And then the third episode drops the arc and everybody's like yeah, <laughs> like it just, it's just—it's doing exactly what it wants. It's telling the audience to do, and everybody's reacting to it exactly how they should. You know, that's how it feels from from my perspective. A little bit.
2: Mm. Okay, John, did you did you think that? I've been seeing people say that it's boring. I don't, I don't know if I've seen that, but I get what you're that- saying by like pacing wise that people are like, "This is an action packed episode." Because this definitely was an action-packed one. Yeah, I, I, th- I still, I, think I still think people.
0: Wasn't, like, I mean, even John is saying like I'm checking the time. Yeah, I, I, I yeah,
1: yeah, I still wasn't the the hugest fan of the last two episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought this episode was fantastic. So there mm-hmm. we are. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what we're here to talk about this episode, and it's uh, there's a lot to get into. Um, some big time uh closures for some characters, and and also like curiosity of what's ahead in these final two episodes. As we get ready to hand the baton over to year two of like this pathway to Rogue One, which will uh, arrive in two years. And they're about to start filming if they're not start filming uh, this month. So that's pretty exciting as well. Um, but uh, let's get into it as we always do uh, by rating the episode. And we'll get our Diego scale up in a bit. And we'll also check in to see what our patrons rated the episode too. Um, But let's kick things off uh, this week with James. What did you rate episode 10
0: one way out? Um, I gave it a nine, but I did feel like I could have maybe gone to the 9.5, but I stuck it at the nine. Um, There's no, there's no particular reason. It's just better than the other episodes. And I just moved it up, bumped it up. All right, buddy.
1: Uh Lacey, how about you?
2: I gave it a nine. My highest score so far with the series. I thought the writing in this episode was amazing. There are so many great, beautiful lines. Um, the acting per usual was insane. So, so good. Like masterclass on acting in this episode. Um and I just loved everything about it. The pacing, the parallel cuts of, you know, something's happening over here. And then the drama and tension that's building over here and the cutting between the two moments. Loved that stuff. So I gave it a nine.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm matching you guys. Uh, so I am a nine as well. And to uh, the mathematicians out there, including Stellan Skarsgård from Goodwill Hunting, our average is a nine. TRB is giving episode 10 a nine. So let's see those Diego's popping up on Uh, the stairs. he is nine (laughs) Diego's our highest score of the season so far, I believe. And I think that might fit a pattern with a lot of fans as well. Um, And we'll check in with those patrons right now, but I'm giving it a nine because for the first time, I really felt the fight and I felt like I wanted to fight and Um, I was all in on the escape and obviously the monologues. I'm a big monologue guy. Uh, It was like, here's one great monologue. Oh, we're not done yet. Here's another to close out the episode. So just fantastic stuff. Best episode so far. I thought one of Diego Luna, Luna's stronger episodes. So I'm looking forward to see his progression to take ownership of why the show is called Andor, which I know is coming. Um, I think there was a little bit of confusion with um, some stuff I've been saying about, uh, up until this point it's it's hard to sell on why it's called andor but i said i'm sure it's coming so um but our patrons we checked in with them and they gave this one a whopping 9.2 <laughs> that's almost cool. i mean that's that's almost as good as it gets that's folks. a great score great score uh, i thought we were great and then they're like just a little <laughs> bit more <laughs> just a little bit more. Um, and we got a couple of comments that we're going to check in on and see what they had to say. Get a little pulse of the patrons. Uh, I see them uh, a bunch of them in the chat right now. Uh, very good to see all of you. Uh, the first one that we pulled here was from Pauly. Hey, Pauly. And he said, nine Diegos. So he's right there with the, the TRB3. He said, I've struggled with Andor, but what a payoff on this episode. And when Kino said he couldn't swim and Cassian was pushed off the edge, no words, just heartbreak as impactful as anything in star Wars. And then he sent an emoji of a broken heart. So I felt that in that moment too. Um, and Steven Garrow, one of our new patrons, uh, a little bit higher. Steven said 9.5, an incredible episode. The emotions just took over. And yeah. I think that's a fair assessment too. Um, but it's also, there was a lot like, but aside from the Aldani heist, this has had, in my opinion, uh, the most action packed episode so far. And it really felt like old school star Wars in the sense where they're running through these corridors and they're shooting the bad guys, except that they just weren't stormtroopers, And you got that sort of feeling. It almost felt like the, you know, the escape from the death star and a new hope a little bit. Um, so it had the, 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 the vibe of what Tony Giro has was going for, but it also still, it felt like that uh, sort of rebellious, you know, uh, us against them, um, fight feel, um, But thank you for those comments. And before we get into uh, our favorite moments, um, do we have any uh, super chats?
2: So we do have a super chat and some other ones that I kind of pulled from the chat. So first we have a super chat from Steven G. Hey, Steven, who said, uh, what an episode. I'm going to try and go through this. All right. Waiting to hear you go through it, Steven. Thank you for the super Mm -hmm. chat. So that's Uh,
1: Steven who we probably just left uh, his comment from Patreon. That you give it Probably, yeah. Yeah, thank absolutely. you, absolutely.
2: Uh, then we have Adam Odal. Hey, Adam, who said ten for the Luthan monologue alone, followed up <laughs> by Jamie, who said, "quote I burn my life for a sunrise I will never see." Oof. And then Mike Ramori said, "quote I share my dreams with ghosts."
1: Yeah, Luthan Rail is the most metal Star Wars character ever.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what a gr- like I think that might be one of the top monologues in Star Wars. Like it was so epic. And the lines were just like, like who talks like that? But at the same time, you're like, yes. Yeah. Keep talking. Yeah.
1: yeah. Luthan almost like, I felt a lot different about Luthan coming out of this episode than I did previously, which just felt like he was a guy who wanted to do this, but he really gave us the first look at what he was like inside. And he just, he, he he's like devoid of everything that he probably had before and he felt like he he's all about this these sacrifices for this rebellion and that includes himself so for a while it felt like he's like yeah i'm gonna be in this ride for the long haul and we'll have sacrifices along the way but then we realize like he's already sacrificed himself like he's soulless mm-hmm. he's he's almost gone well, for the cause yeah. and well, i mean I it's a perfect important. time to
0: reveal that character arc at the same time they're doing the exact same thing for kino saying as he stands there and says i'm already considering myself dead so at this point now we're just going to try to do whatever we can do right to get out of this place which is interesting because when i was watching it
1: in my head it was sadder because i didn't think he knew that it was ocean around it i thought he thought he finally made it out and then he realized oh my god I can't swim, but Andy Serkis said his character knew, and that's why it was tough for him to make the speech. I don't know which one I like version I like better, but I'm, I'm going to stick with him because it, it, he's the actor. But um, he he said that's why he he made it so that it was difficult for Kino to make the speech because he knew ultimately he wasn't going to be getting out of there.
0: Yeah. So in the show, I. I got the feeling that he found out it was water when he got up there. That's the vibe that I got. That's how it plays out. But if you're being honest, I don't see how a person who's been there and in charge. And, you know, when they get dropped off at that place, they were outside. They saw they were surrounded by water. So every new guy coming in knows that they're in a water plant. You know, he was up there, too. He saw at some point. So, yeah, right. So that does make sense. Um, I I like I. (laughs) I love, I, it's, it's very morbid to say, but I do really love the tragedy that happens at that. It's Shakespearean. He gets up to the top and he's finally made it, but he can't swim. So he, he's just, I'm going to die here. I'm going to die there, you know?
2: It reminded me of that Twilight Zone episode where the guy just wants to read a book and then there's like yeah. a nuclear war and then he steps on his glasses and he finally is like alone with his books and he yeah. can't read.
1: And he can't read it, yeah. Oh my God. He did wink. Uh, he was he was interviewed recently. I think it was THR, but Andy Circus winked, sort of like when they were like, "Is your char- so you think your your character's dead?" And he's like, "I don't know." So which is kind of crazy because you can create a situation where he gets out of there, but you know has to hide for a while or something and watch 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 him pop up like like in the Mando era, like you Kino Lloyd just rolls up and he's there. He is. <laughs> I would love. I would be all for it. I don't care.
2: It was a prime example of like you're riding this high of them getting out, and then there's that heartbreak of wait, not everyone's getting out.
1: Oh, horrible! Yeah. 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 Great episode. (laughs) Um, I love it. (laughs) All right, that's it, folks. We will see. No. Um, All right. So, did you guys have a a specific moment that was your favorite from the episode, or or line of dialogue?
2: We have one more super chat. Just or a super chat. Danny, thank you so much. Super chat. She said, give Andy Circus and Emmy. Not only did he sell his monologue, he sold us that Kino was going to escape when he knew all along he couldn't swim. Sigh.
1: Yep. Yep.
2: Thank yep. you, Danny. We agree. Thank you, Danny. It was very tragic.
0: It does add to the even support him, of his of the people. Like even though he knew there was no way out for him, he still. Told I mean, that's go. what the
2: rebellion is, right? Like, that's what we're learning along the way is all these people that know that they're in it and there's no end. Mm-hmm. There's no happy ending for them, but they're willing to make that sacrifice because they know what's coming in the future. And like, they again, know someone that, else will... Yeah.
0: That matches yeah. up with Luthen's
2: comments. Or his or Yep, his and game. then eventually, and or Cassian, what he does in Rogue One, and, I mean, in all the Star Wars movies, basically. It's like, it's always, how am I getting the next person to the next thing? I actually kicked on uh, Rogue One after watching this episode just to see if there were any kind of callbacks, especially with like Melshi and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was that moment where Jin's like, we'll take the next moment and the next chance and then the next mm-hmm. chance. And, then, and I was like, that perfectly explains what this show is. It's like you take the yeah. next chance and then the next one and the next one until there are none or we've won. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The and to the, spent.
2: yeah right. Spent, yeah.
1: And to the disappointment of um, some YouTube channels out there. Andy Circus completely debunked any affiliation to Snoke from <laughs> Kino and Boy. So, and
0: um, really favorite part, uh, to me, I think, was watching Cassian realize that he had something in him. So he says this line to Kino and he takes it in, but then when. It, uh, he puts him on the microphone and he's like, this is you, you know, like you speak, do better. The line he chooses to, to rally everybody is a, is a line that uh, Cassian told him earlier.
2: He said, yeah.
0: Yeah. He repeats the line to everybody. And I think that is so impactful for Cassian because he's like, I said that just like out of my heart. And he is recognizing that that type of, Uh, dialogue or that type of, you know, speech is the thing that can get people going. Like you are more of a leader than you think. And I think he's telling him that by repeating his words back at him, which that of course also carries over into rogue one because he says rebellions are built on hope. And then she later uses that line to rally everybody. So it's a kind of a commonality there. Cassian has this ability to, lead people the direction that they need to go in order to do what they need to do in order to save everybody and stuff. He's a natural born leader. And this episode has a moment where they emphasize that yet again.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. That's I like that. Mine's uh, close to that. But Lacey, did you have a shot, a line, a favorite moment?
2: so shot wise the one that stood out to me was the reveal of luthan at the end that kind of like hallway he did like rail railing hallway uh and the way it's like perfectly lighting him and then the rest is kind of like foggy and stuff which i was like again no railings like star wars hates railings it's like live Um, action anime it's
0: like the doors (laughs) open up he's like it's coats like yeah
2: i (laughs) i think that shot stood out to me um Besides, obviously, the Kino stuff, which I think really, in the Luthan monologue, which kind of overtook the episode as, like, really killer moments, for me, the one that really stuck with me was the Mon Mothma sequence of her talking with that kind of, like, drug lord guy, Mm -hmm. and um, the realization of, like, oh, he doesn't want money, he doesn't want this, He he wants my daughter, and being a mom like that's just like a whole nother level of like star wars that i never thought i would kind of feel as a parent where you're like where is that line that i'm not gonna cross and what am i giving up by not crossing that line you know like who who, is it one person or is it a bunch of people like that kind of like who do you save for who um does
0: the rebellion die how many lives how many different planets do i save by giving up my daughter, <laughs> you know.
2: Yeah, I. <laughs> it's. Tough. It was very chilling for me, and I think it was one shot in particular. They really let the moments on Mon Mothma's face, kind of like what they did with Bix in the previous episode. They let it kind of breathe and like sit on Genevieve O'Reilly, so that you see the moment where she makes that realization of what's what he's asking for. And you just see it kind of wash over her as like, it, it's brilliant. It's it's just such like a moving moment. And all she's doing is sitting there. and But you're seeing everything on her face. You know how she feels. You know what's coming. Um, and it's just super haunting. Because if you were to ask Luthen, right? If Luthen was in the room, he'd be like, mm-hmm. yeah, give your daughter, whatever. Give it, hand her over. Let's go. You know what I mean? Like he wouldn't even give a second thought. But here you have a mother being like, that's that's my daughter. Am I willing to sacrifice my daughter for the future of, you know, the galaxy? And, and yeah, who yeah. would make that choice?
1: <clears throat> yeah, and it's also just like she was in that exact situation. That exactly, and she knows tradition. what it was like, yes. Yeah, and she's obviously unhappy in her station, so why, she obviously doesn't want her daughter to go through that same thing. Um, and it's also those traditions while cultural traditions for that planet are no different than you know empirical rule like we're deciding for you sort of thing and that her situation when she was young probably was a part of what fueled her to become this person who wants to create this rebellion and she will be damned if if her daughter is going to you know
2: Suffer like, on behalf of the rebellion. Yeah, yeah,
1: just repeat history for no reason whatsoever and then be just unhappy in her life. So yeah. Um it, it was definitely
2: haunting as a new mom <laughs> that I'm like, you know, automatically you just start going into that like personal, like, would I do this?
0: <clears throat> I, no,
2: I would not. Like I could never. Um yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I'm interested to see where she she nets out, you know, where where that ends up.
1: Yeah. Um uh, My, I mean, those are two really good picks. Mine's tough. I was going to talk about um, Kino's speech, but I think that's a lot of people's. So I'm going to point to Lonnie.
0: um,
2: Ooh, yeah. Good character. Surprising. uh, Surprise me.
0: So so that was the spoiler that I was talking about last week. Oh, in the trailer? yeah, so that's the thing. Is like he's in the trailer and he's wearing that green jacket and they show like the doors closing on, on him. And, and they you also, said you didn't know if
2: he was a good guy or a bad guy. And you're like, they oh, also yeah. also yeah.
0: show Luthan and it's like the same lighting and stuff. So I'm like, well, he clearly, this ISB officer who they've been focusing on recently, is going to meet up with Axis at some point. And I'm like, I mean, they kind of gave that away in the trailer. So I'm either imagining that he's he's got to be... A double agent of some sort i mean maybe there's other options but that's ended up what it being any what it ended up being is that he was just feeding information to access along the way yeah um and i think for me and i, I don't want to know. spoil that for anybody if it was to <laughs> pick apart the trailer
1: yeah no i hear you um i i think for me this is my favorite part And I don't know if it's deliberately supposed to parallel like Mothman's situation with her daughter, but you have Lonnie talking about being a father now and how that changed his whole perspective. And he went into this thing as doing this um, for the sake of this rebellion. And sometimes when you are an individual on your own and you can make certain choices that will definitely change once you have like a family or if you have kids and stuff like that.
2: Going on, on trips, I, doing random things. I've had to Whoa. make,
1: yeah. I, I, I just recently, two days ago, made a really difficult professional decision that could have probably changed my life, but I did it because, and I didn't make it because of my kids. Yeah. And it's been a really tough week because of it. And seeing this in this like larger, expanded, fantastical version like sort of hit home for me. Cause then you have Lonnie saying like, I, I gotta get out of here, man. I have a kid. And Luthan's like, I sorry. Like, let me now, let me tell you my story. And then, because if we don't get Luther's reveal there about his just personal deconstruction, then we just see him as no different than the empire. Like you're just this prick. Who's just like, we're doing this rebellion, and I don't care if you die, if that Andor guy dies, or those come make it comes saw him and
2: saw Guerrero kind of. Yeah. yeah. So
1: then we get to see just this broken dude, and you know we saw that when obviously when he had the fake smile on and he takes his wig off and he just sinks, but we didn't know what was really going on, and that's 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 a big deal with a lot of people Now you never know what people are going through, and then he just unloads all the stuff, like basically saying like I am soulless. I'm never going to see that sunrise. Um, and we know that because he's not around in Rogue One. So we know someone's got to go. And Luthen's probably not making it out of this series. And they're building us up to that. They're going to make it hurt. And this was the first big step of that. Because until this point, he was just this guy who we felt like was his own dictator in the rise of this rebellion. Uh, I think this was a huge moment for Luthen, But that Lonnie stuff like killed me because yeah, I'm, a, I'm a dad but it's just like it hit hit this episode from all those angles hit hard. And you think about Kino, you think about mom, Mothma, which she was, that scene was brief, but powerful. And then the Lonnie thing. And then Luthen. like, I, I don't know where we're going these next two episodes, but they really hammered home the personal sacrifices and maybe even the point of no return, like emotional cost of your soul. It will take to make this rebellion happen, which in turn regardless of how people ultimately feel about this, this series will make the galactic civil war and the original trilogy stuff feel more worth it. And, and uh, I think it'll ultimately um, lend itself to improving how we look at that
0: battle. I
2: I I think it also goes back to George Lucas because he had always said that, you know, you have choices every day to do the right thing or the wrong thing to be the good guy or the bad guy. And it's not always like the easiest choice. And I think with this show, more than any other Star Wars series or property, or I can't speak for the books, but uh, for this live action stuff and some of the animation stuff, is that you're seeing from the rebellion the sacrifices and choices that are being made regardless of how hard the outcome is. And I think it's tough to watch. And it and it's it's going to be, I think more interesting to watch the series in one sitting because you're getting like a bit and a bit and a bit and a bit. And I feel like if you watch it all at once, it's kind of going to have those moments of triumph and, and kind of sadder, darker moments. But just, I think this show is really pulling moments from history and from current events that remind you that when something is not right or something is going wrong, uh, And there's bad people in the world that people are making tough decisions every day and that you have to respect those choices while also understanding that sometimes not everyone's going to make the right choice or not everyone's going to do the same thing. And I think you're seeing this from all different sides, like everyone has their hardships from Mon Mothma to Kino to Andor to Luthen but they're all kind of doing this where they're kind of working towards the same, same goal, but they're kind of just all operating separately and it's very interesting to watch. Right. So you're waiting for them to all cross paths, right? Like you're waiting for them to all come together to that one where you see them in rogue one, where they're all in one big base together.
1: Yeah. It's one thing to rebel as an individual and just not know your path. And then once that the organizational structure of the Rebellion arrives, then people are going to be able to really like, even people on the fringe are going to be like, I can I can see, I can buy into this. Oh, you that know?
2: moment where Luther says, I need heroes and it cuts to the doors shutting and then cuts with the music swelling to Andor running on the beach with uh, Melshi like i need my heroes oh my god what a like what with that like
1: triple moonlight whatever that was i
2: don't think i've smiled harder in this series than that beautifully done moment from the transition from Lonnie being like you know stay in your lane Lonnie. i need heroes to he doesn't even understand that andor is a hero andor just saved all these people and he's running you know and he's free and i think james you were right a couple of weeks ago you had said this i think the Empire's going to show up at that prison and be like he got away again <laughs> you <Yeah>. know <laughs>
0: like, he, like he's apparently been staying it here who just had a major breakout and it's like oh mm-hmm. my god DJ's yeah, gonna, gonna be attack. like
2: what but that yeah. the music stuck out at that point i think more the it's funny there's been moments in this series where the music's kind of like really kind of hit you in the face and that was mm-hmm. one of those moments that build and swell of the triumphant sound of like Andor's out. Oh, I loved it. And I love that Mel, she was with him.
0: This is the first time that I actually was able to land on something that I said a long time ago. I was like, look, this music doesn't stand out at all. I don't really know it. It's not what, uh, there's not a, a very notable melody or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But watching this episode today, there were points where I was like, they're playing the Andor theme right now when he's beat, when he's the hero and this moment is happening, that's the and or theme for the show. And, I- and now it became notable. Um, so I thought that was, that was a-, a good thing. I also thought it was interesting. Just another little point of discussion that the end shot was only the two of them. So what does that mean? Uh, that means that at some point they decided like Melshi and Cassian decided we're going that way and everybody else went that way or they all said we're all going different ways and... i think it
1: was i think that was more of like you know when you you have certain like friendships that are stronger than the collective and it's like those two guys probably knew those two guys better and andor obviously built a bond with melshi and and kino and well, they he were says just like let's go this that, way
2: what was the line that he said to melshi that was like no matter what we made it no matter what happens yeah. next we made it Oh my gosh, what a good line.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I just thought it was interesting that it wasn't like you see the upshot or the the, the looking down on the prison and they're clearly all like piling out, going spreading out, yeah, spreading out against the different directions. So wherever Cassian and Melshi landed, they stuck together. They didn't like it wasn't like everybody went to the nearest land and then they just got out of the water and were running away because there would have been other people there. So at some point, they sort of did choose that they, the two of them were going over here and everybody else either went wildly different directions or everybody went the same direction. Cassian and Melshi split off from them. I mean, we don't know. I'm just saying. Yeah. And- it's just notable that it was just the two of them running away. Right. At the right.
1: End. Yeah. And, um, we have another super chat to get it to. Uh, so why don't we get, um, read, uh, Aaron's, okay. um, submission.
2: Go ahead, John. Why don't you read it?
1: All right. So Aaron said, and this was back to when we were talking about the the Mothma thing. So uh, catching up with you here, Aaron. But he said, if Perrin was involved in the scene, we would have felt differently. But that fact that the fact that it was all Mothma really makes us think about what's going on. Yeah, I right, agree. right. And thank you, Aaron. I,
2: I wonder what Perrin's reaction would have been to that discussion because Perrin seems like he's for. He would the have been tradition.
1: like, I love it. I love tradition. Yeah. <laughs> i don't have to pay for the wedding
2: perfect squib squig whatever that's called
1: yeah 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 i hope it's open bar yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah, the (laughs) other thing that makes
0: that that moment difficult for me is that they've clearly spent the season telling us that mon mothma and the daughter don't get along very well Hmm.
2: right that's the weird it's not like
0: she's awesome and they get along and he's like i want your daughter and she's like no that's really tough She's yeah. kind of like thinking about it like I already lost my daughter, you but know? But that's
1: also like teenagers teenage, teenage kids <laughs> angst. <laughs> yeah, like the, like parents that parent who's like like the mom and mean girls like I'm a cool mom. Like I'm your friend. I'm not your I'm like your parent. And she's like, "Oh, cool. I can do whatever I want." And Mothman's actually caring about her, so she's rebelling against her saying like, "I don't want you to tell me what to do, mom." sort of thing. In the long run, you the, the kids who have those parents always say, Thank God you were my parent because you were right the whole time. So, well, we're yeah. seeing you can't this... get a
2: yes out of mom, you always go to dad to get the yes. We're
1: seeing this version of that because she's a teenager, but I, I think that's all that, that boils down to is I, that, that classic.
0: I'm getting that. the vibe that that parent has sort of turned the daughter against the mom that's i got that's, that too that's the vibe that i'm getting not that she's There's just too many stories parent.
1: for them to spread that out in my opinion but uh,
0: well that's the vibe that i get is that she just doesn't get along sure. with her mom and the dad always lets her do whatever and they are clearly disconnected and she just doesn't they don't the daughter doesn't like the mom she does like her dad and i don't think it's like the daughter likes both and she's just like a teenager I'm getting the vibe that they're telling us that very specifically to lead up sort of to this decision or maybe more in the next two episodes. We'll see where this if this storyline continues where she does inevitably make that decision to sell, uh, not, not sell her daughter. That's the wrong thing, but betroth the daughter. It's um, because I think it it is. It's something that Mon Mothma is thinking about because they've made it very clear that the daughter is already lost to her. So even if she fought for the daughter, the daughter doesn't like her anyway. So now it's almost like a tough decision because she's already gone. So why not just let her be mm. in that? I didn't see it. Yeah, I, I think Aunt, regardless special, of whatever.
2: I think mm. regardless of the tension that we've seen in previous episodes, at the end of the day, she's still her daughter. No, and no, she still I, yeah. doesn't want yeah, yeah. her daughter to live the life she's lived because everybody that has a kid, obviously, we all think that because we're all parents. Mm-hmm. You want your kid to have a better life than you did. You don't want your kid to go through this, the pain, trauma, experiences that you've had in life that weren't great. And we know that she didn't like her own marriage. She didn't. She was way too young. She doesn't like the traditions. So why would she then put her her yeah. daughter through it, regardless of the tension and angst that she's getting? Which I do agree with right. you, James. I do think that parent has been playing uh oh i'm right your mom's not cool i'm the cool one like your mom sucks i'm just saying it's not
0: strictly mom's love for daughter there's also this other angle of daughter doesn't like mom and she has to then consider that too i I think it just doubles up the the first one's absolutely there mom loves daughter
1: i didn't like my mom when i was a teenager either because she was very strict you know So, and now I love her. So
2: she would have betrothed you to a in Drug Lord's son.
1: So when they make the Return of the Jedi special edition and they edit in a 20-something-year-old Mothma's daughter and she's like, just gives her a hug and then walks off screen, then we know. Full circle. (laughs) Um, But, so I was thinking about Kino's speech, and I said this in my reaction video this morning. Um, It was very, uh, I know Toby Haynes directed it, but this was like very right out of Christopher Nolan's playbook and it was he's speaking and then you're seeing all these other ongoings around them as the music swelling and the music also feels very Hans Zimmer. Um, like you watch that scene again and compare it to a lot of different third act Christopher Nolan type of scenes. Uh, it's right in the pocket. Like this is if you wanted Christopher Nolan star Wars, this is it unless he comes to star Wars, but He's he's basically being our narrator as, and you hear him throughout the corridors as his voice changes through that modulator, and you see everyone running in their different directions and doing what they need to do to get out as he's delivering that that rallying call. It just reminded me so much of of a Christopher Nolan like third act scene, and I, I loved it.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. I could see that. I, I, yeah. Making a comparison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think. There was a lot of kind of parallel cutting in this episode, which I feel like that happens in every episode because they have to keep up with so many storylines. Now, we didn't see anything from Bix, by the way.
0: We didn't, but we saw their planet. And even that, I was kind of like, oh, why throw this in here in this episode?
2: yeah I don't know. It was they really introduced
0: this to a couple new characters without that didn't even say anything, and I'm right. Like, they were just talking about the what's mom going on here, yeah,
2: but the ending that John was just mentioning with the quick cuts and everything, the thing that stood out to me in that moment was first of all that the guards were so scared of them, which was interesting. They were all like sweating and scared and whatnot. Cassian has a very good shot. Mm-hmm. he was doing a lot of han solo uh no look shot moments,
0: yeah yeah I oh, really my, enjoyed that. my favorite cassian shot was they oh how did it go? There was an order here. they like look at him, they look over at the guy, then he like drops the gun then they flip back Cassian fires the gun, so killing the guy, but they did it off screen it it was a it was a very quick like they kept flipping. yeah I think I know what forth.
1: you mean, yeah,
0: and I was like they're doing this very intentionally to show to be able to show him. And then your mind goes to what's happening over here. And then they flip over and your mind goes to what's happening over here. Uh, And I just thought it was a really clever way to do that. I'd almost have to pull it up to be like how it, how it played out. But if you remember the scene is when they are, he's climbing up the ladder and it's the first time he like grabs the gun. He shoots the other guard, but yeah. Yeah. I think he shoots one in the leg and then they shoot, go over to the other guy or something. Yeah. And then
1: the pipe wound up being the plumbing and he was just flooding it out to short the system. Mm-hmm. and that seeing that one guy get like electrocuted and, and then you just start seeing them all getting like mowed down and stuff like that was like saving private ryan stuff that was like rough that was rough to just see um it was
0: it was also clever too because the water then clearly if there was flooded water, through it flooded through so the message yeah being carried through the right yeah as well a good yeah. way to get your message out is flood the floor and let it drain over into lower sections.
1: I think like Lacey you brought up like that they were cowering and they were hiding they were like shushing each other and stuff and it's like you got to think those guys like never had to use their weapons before and it was just like those all those people were so in line and then when when things went down they were not prepared like at all one they were outnumbered and two they were just like I'm
2: not dying these- for this Mm-hmm. Yeah, these people were yeah. just taking these jobs because they have to. It's either you're falling in line with the Empire and doing your job or you're on the other end of that treatment. Which yeah. one would you prefer, right? Yeah, it's
1: like that guy in Force Awakens. He's like, even Hooks is gone. Get out of here. I'm out of yeah. here. Just like, Forget this, man.
2: <laughs> I knew this episode was going to be crazy with the, the deaths because before it even started, it has those little warnings in the upper left-hand corner. And the first warning was intense violence. And I was like, great. Buckle up, guys. It's 7 a.m. intense violence. So I knew it was going to be kind of crazy. But yeah, it was amazing how many people one after the other you saw die, especially because the first few people that die are people that throughout the episodes you've gotten to know a little bit, not necessarily like closely, but enough that you recognize like, oh, that's the person from his group. That's the person who is looking out for Cassian. Like, and
0: oh. they're frontline front people, people that he's like, the two of us are going to take the elevator and that guy dies, you know? So it's like...
2: Immediately, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's one of those things like if all the people that he had been talking to and got lines in the show all made it out, then it would just fall under not believable. So they had to build up those characters over three episode, four, three or four episodes specifically just to kill them so that it felt believable when some of your main characters did get out that other characters who were very uh, important to that breakout and were leading that didn't
2: and right. were killed yeah. like almost right.
0: immediately. Yeah. Yeah, they I agree. were
2: they were kind of very disorganized those guards.
0: Yeah.
1: It was um, I mean it was it was a huge a huge episode and like the action was was big time and i really enjoyed every aspect of that and it it really cruised fast like that episode moved i was i was not ready for it to be over when it ended i was like i need i and i didn't feel that way about the past couple episodes but the um or past bunch but this one i was like oh i want to get right to the next one right this moment
0: I will say that the way the last one ended where he was like, never more than 12 guards. I think everybody was like, yes, yes. Now, like, you know, he won over. Yeah, that's uh, fair. That's true. Yeah. Uh, But this episode, I was like that right from the beginning.
1: I agree. The second second,
0: they were like, all right, it happens today. You know, let's make it clean. Make it good. You know? Yeah. I was just like, oh, man, it's about to go down. Uh Uh-oh, my
1: Oh, what the heck! Jeez, she <laughs> she didn't like that point at all. All right, I guess not. Where did so? Where was I? I must have missed it. I don't know. Did they do the planet label thing? But uh, I, I I don't know the location of where Luthan met Lonnie. Do we know exactly where that was? Um, was that, um, that wasn't like Karfrein or anything like that, right? I bet someone in the chat who, knows. Welcome back, Lacy. Good to see you. I
2: don't don't know what happened. It's just the window closed. (laughs) Sorry about that.
0: I'm trying to think about the dialogue, and they just said, like, you know, oh, we haven't met him in a while. And I I don't think they said. I can
2: only imagine
1: the lower part of... If we know where Luthan met Lonnie.
2: I think it's definitely Coruscant, but it looked like it was, like, up, 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 up on a bridge somewhere.
0: Oh, Okay. Yeah, like and that was that I described that as lower levels, but I think that he it's went up. Just so, hmm.
2: I think he went down to a service elevator and then took the oh, service that was... elevator up to a certain like catwalk. Was that cat that, walk.
1: Was that, mm. that outside elevator shot thing? That was that scene. Would they show the elevators on the outside of that building going up?
0: I don't was think that's that the that? elevator he's
1: in. <sighs> Yeah. I think
0: you're right that that's where it starts. It shows an elevator moving because I remember being like, hey, there's finally that shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. I was like, that's the final but, thing we've seen from the trailers, right? But I don't think that's the elevator that he's in. I think he, he's in a very small elevator. And it is funny that you say that, Lacey. Like, you're you're right. He was like on the ground and then he went up to like where it's clearly. Because like, he kept a, going downstairs ridge.
2: and stuff. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But I'm Mm. I'm still thinking he was higher and he rode an elevator down to the bottom levels, even though he wasn't all the way down. He was like still he went down, but he's still like high up.
2: The reason I'm saying down is because he went downstairs and the camera, (laughs) excuse me, was shooting up at him when he's coming down the stairs. And then it cuts to him and he's in a hallway and then gets in the elevator.
1: So it's so that we're definitely saying Coruscant, like the bowels of it or something like that. uh...
0: I mean, that's just the obvious guess. Yeah, like, I he's don't on think he Coruscant, left the planet
1: where the people start like smoking some dust sticks, you know. I,
0: and that's also, um, it would be silly because they're both on Coruscant till both leave and go to a different planet. I mean, it wouldn't be silly, but he's also on Coruscant as well.
1: He went from top down. Okay, gotcha. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess that does make sense. And then the the whole the whole Krieger thing. So we haven't seen this Krieger guy yet, right? So, Mm-mm. and and Saw, like, rejected the meeting. So I wonder if, like, Krieger, like, because they brought him up um, with the whole Lonnie thing, if we're going to finally get to see who that guy is, like, are they going to put, like, how much... I guess this is sort of positioning towards speculation. Um, Lonnie did a good job, part.
2: by the way, of uh, kind of steering them away from surprising the crew, like, trying to get them to be like, oh, we would never do this.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah. But Deidre did
2: look at him and was like
1: so that's yeah so that that's that's an interesting like uh, thing I'm, I want to pitch to you guys in a second but do you think um the last two episodes of this season like are they going to really put a tight bow on it like a neat bow on it or do you think they're going to leave a lot of things in shambles uh or cliff hung for you know the season two because that's taking place like the next year right so I wonder. And then I don't
2: think it's going to be neat. I think it's going to be leaving you in a place that's going to make you feel anxious. I think some stuff's going to be wrapped up, but then right, there's, yeah. there's going to be still, a question okay. mark about yeah. something else.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, that's kind of what I was leaning towards, too. And I then hope nothing
2: uh, happens to Lonnie. I really do.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, Poor guy. I know. I feel terrible for Lonnie. I want, I want him to get out, too. Um, and then we still got to figure out what's going on with uh, Blevin because he's been sort of MII for a little bit. I, I, think I still think he's think out he's, of it. Yeah.
2: They removed think, him
0: yeah, from I, the sector. I was gonna say I think he's but done. He, I think he was there to be an obstacle and she overtook the obstacle and that was like dang, I don't know that his then, story's you know, done just,
1: yet. I John just think wanted
2: him to be a part of the rebellion and he ended he up being wrong. It's he Lonnie. He
1: will be.
0: He will be. Sometimes show up. Yeah, sometimes it does feel like it, it's kind of hard to let certain characters go. Like uh what, what was the other one? There was another one that we were like really caught up on for a while. Oh, it was just his sister. And it's like yeah. I think it could just be that the sister was a thing, just to at some point for her to say, "Your sister's dead. Stop a, chasing the ghost." False MacGuffin know. for him, yeah. Sort of, yeah. And and so I think that could be the end of the arc. I mean, that it would be a big reveal, like, oh, so it's actually your sister. I remember, like
1: but Departed. All she is still the end, alive. Marky Mark shows up out of nowhere and he just blows away Matt Damon. It's just like, what if Blevin rolls up on Deidre in the last episode? little uh baggies on his feet blank i think
2: you're giving blevin too much power here and i think that you <laughs> need to take the l that he's not in the rebellion and you were wrong it's okay
1: we'll see um or i think this would be cool he'll never do it gilroy if you know like De- dangerous is sort of like the new like krennic or whatever if she keeps like messing up or she, she like screws up so bad that we get Vader to show up and he just chokes her, <laughs> like just pulls a what he does with Captain Nita and those guys, just like that's it, done.
2: I or, don't think she's ever gonna Inquisitor mess up. She hasn't messed up yet. Else.
1: I feel like she, she has to mess up because
2: in two episodes, no,
1: I'm saying by the end of the se- the series,
2: hmm. You think she's gonna get too wrapped up in what she's doing?
1: Yeah, or like Cyril's going to like screw her up and she's going to like align with him, which is a mistake or something's going to, something's going to, she's not getting out of this because, you know, I think it's that whole thing where if you don't see these people in Rogue One, uh, Gilroy's going to make sure they're not around.
2: Maybe. Especially big then players. Then he'd have to kill everybody. Yeah.
1: He's killing most of these people, I think. I think that's, that, I mean, that's what he. That's what they did in Rogue One. Yeah, he but also, those he are also, people
2: that were on Scarif though. A lot of these people are in Coruscant.
1: Yeah, I know. I'm just I, I'm speculating and the, the Vader thing we've too is because have
2: on
0: this for years. I still don't think people have to die because That's like, what I agree with that. I don't think whole, everybody has to die. The whole like Rogue One and um <clears throat> and the original trilogy to me is very focused on the characters that they're focused on and I'm not saying so that the dying screen though. On.
1: What? I'm not saying that the dying screen they could do the one of those things like you know Deidre Miro, you are now uh, assigned to the blank wing of the Death Star.
2: But I don't um, think that has to happen either. I think she can just exist in the Star Wars I galaxy. I didn't say it has to
1: happen. I'm just saying it's a possibility.
2: Mm. I'm
0: only basing it on you said. I think Tony Gilroy is killing off a lot of these people. Right. I think he is like in one way or another. Like, he's sealing their, their fate. This. And he could. Oh just no, he's be- finished.
1: Yeah, well i mean out.
0: he could be like Hera. Hera's clearly survived she was very involved in the rebellion but she was yep. never shown or didn't have anything to do with uh, yeah i mean she was mentioned in rogue one but like yeah my my thing is like these people can be players and we just didn't hear about them in the original trilogy no big deal
1: yeah but for rogue One's sake um it would be very weird if all of a sudden Luthen was mia in my opinion um
0: I- and it, just, that's a weird and just, example for look, me because my opinion is now after seeing today's episode with his speech i think Luther dies and cassian is there i'm i'm not necessarily saying cassian kills him so but i think there's gonna be a he dies. we're gonna in talk about arm, that
1: yeah or we're gonna talk about that on monday's show
0: or
1: yeah um the vader thing only because tony gilroy like redid the whole third act and like that, I don't think that Vader scene was there until he came into the mix. Mm-hmm. So he keeps saying, like, oh, we're not doing fan service, not doing fan service. I, I don't think it's b- uh, below him to to get Vader involved at all in this series. And that would make perfect sense if if the scene was right. So
2: I don't know I'm if he's saying, showing up this season.
1: I don't mean this season necessarily. I'm just saying, like, maybe he makes an appearance and does something uh, to one of these characters.
2: That's all. Mm.
0: Did you guys hear me earlier? I said, "Or the Grand Inquisitor <laughs> shows up." Hello, yeah. <laughs> like he does his thing. Everybody's yeah. like, "Oh my gosh, they brought in that guy for the
1: <laughs> <laughs> <We> show." <laughs> um, are, are there other aspects of this episode we haven't touched on? I feel like we we've done a bunch. And I know, um, uh, Lacey, I'm sure we have another super chat in there, right?
2: We do. David Ford's up. Thank you for the super chat says when your pipes are leaking on the floor and is flooded, there's only one way out. Clem's plumbing. We are always on program.
0: (laughs) That makes sense. We're always on program.
1: (laughs) Clem's plumbing. (laughs) Thank you, David Ford.
0: Yeah. Um, I, uh, I think we pretty much talked about this episode. The only thing we, we would have left to do at this point is to like, Take every line and start dissecting it and being like, how awesome! I know, I awesome know, which that? is you know, that's tough. To, yeah, that's there
2: were so many good lines in this episode.
0: Yeah, there's times where I was like trying to follow the dialogue too, and it was just so heavy. Like that Mon Mothma scene is just like, whew, man, they are they're going yeah. back and forth, Gilmore girls style, and I'm like trying to follow them. <laughs>
1: There's been uh, a bunch of scenes throughout this show that I had to rewind it and like just because I missed one line, yeah. And if you miss one line, you're like, I don't know what's going on. So I had to go <laughs> back a couple times and rewatch. I'm um, I am perfectly okay admitting that, you know. But um, yeah, I mean, I still I I don't know. I I I'm perfectly fine if Kino Loy. This is the end of his story because his arc was completed. But mm-hmm. I just like Andy Serkis so much and everything, even the small parts, like the He's prestige great. and stuff. Uh, I would love to see him play in other areas of Star Wars. Um, and he like seemed to really enjoy it, too. And he enjoyed doing Snoke, you know. But um, I don't know. Do you guys think that's it for him? I do.
2: I think yeah, he, I mean, he died. I think. Yeah.
1: I think so too. I think that the sucks.
0: only way that character shows up again, honestly, is like if a book or a comic wants to play with him and say that he survived or became something because he stayed on the facility. They right. moved him to another facility and he survived and he got out of that or so. You know, they could play with it, but I just don't see it involving a live action Andy Serkis.
1: Can you guys swim?
2: Yes.
0: I would be more scared of the jump and the impact of the water. Yeah. Than I would be about swimming. That's a long distance to swim. It looked like so. I would also be very worried about fatigue. It's amazing what you could do when
2: you have adrenaline. But see, I would have. That's what I thought.
0: Clothes off as well. I would
1: have done.
2: Um. Why? I don't know. because I think I think
1: that that would complicate things.
2: It looks Um, like they're like plastic.
1: Yeah, but trying to take them off when you're in the water I, after impact,
0: I, I I want that obstacle eliminated before I even but make you the jump. You probably want to also keep the clothes for when you inevitably get out of the water.
2: Yeah, you got a pencil dive. If I get excitement. out of the water.
0: This is one step at a time for me. You got to
2: break the surface. Otherwise, I, you're going to be hitting cement. I was thinking, toast. he
0: said, I can't yeah. swim, and I was like, I was thinking that Cassian was going to be like, you just have to do it, and I thought this was going to be him getting over another obstacle and then he was going to jump and it was going to be like, man, he can't swim, but he still took the dive.
2: He needed to be pushed off because otherwise Cassian would have done the right thing and stud stayed behind with Kino to figure out, okay, how do we get out of this? He, won, I and
1: think- he got pushed, right? Yeah, you're- Right. Yeah. He got
2: pushed, yeah. but they needed him to get pushed because otherwise yeah. he would have stuck around.
0: I think right. they needed him to get pushed, not because he would have stuck around, but because he would have walked him through it. He would have said like, we're going to do this together trust me you're we're gonna jump we're gonna do this i'll take care of you i'll help you i think that's more cassian and they would have gotten together but the fact that cassian got pushed early and he didn't get a chance to like motivate him in any way he was lost
1: see that's what sucks about there was no alien creatures in that prison you get it you get one gungan in there Hop <laughs> on my back buddy we are home free those guys can swim man <laughs> needs to be swimming you into the shores yeah you see how he did an olympic dot jump <laughs> yeah, into yeah. that lake like you you get a jar jar or any gungan in there with we're not talking about sadness with kino Lloyd. he's riding on the back of a gungan all the way to the shore and they're 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 at the bar having pina coladas in like 15 minutes but wasn't the case
0: yeah but no, if- i i love that scene again like i said it was like a shakespearean thing to me where like he's like i can't swim and then like cassie gets pushed over and he doesn't have a chance to help him or anything and he's just stuck there it's like the it, it, lacy you said it perfectly he steps on his glasses it's like there's literally no other choice it's die or it's hopeless kill yourself or die another way it's, yeah, it's either stay behind or, yeah.
2: and get caught and tortured yeah. and yeah, or killed that way or jump i would have jumped me too
0: I mean, I think, yeah, I would have, yeah, I would have jumped. I mean, you would have, I think you're at that point where like, you know, the there's a fire, the building's on fire. You have to jump, you know, it's kind of like that thing. Yeah. Like, I just think
1: he, like, if I went through all of that and all that was left is for me to find my way down to that water, I would have just tried to thought of anything. Look for any sort of resource I could use. Anything possible. Make a rope. Like I know it was far, but I just felt it's, like wasn't it was just the sort jump of a, for
0: him. It was the once I get to the water, I'm I know at least think and drown.
1: But the desperation, so that's knowing death the, to him, I know. But the other alternative is death anyway. I would just mm. think of anything possible. The way they got out of there was impossible. I it's, just,
0: yeah, it's, it's not fear. death. though. I mean his, his the other option been... was. I, I know hope that like he'd Look, be able to survive like he has been surviving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just
2: yeah. I mean, I this series has been so t- much
0: I'm like, it's so perfect. He doesn't, he gets yeah. all the way to the end, the finish line, and like he dies of a heart attack. It's like that's so it's so poetic, it's so good that you write that in there because nobody expects that. Nobody expects Kino to get to the edge of the thing and says, I can't swim. And then like that's the they just cut away from him. He never jumps. He never goes back into the facility. We don't know. It's just we know that he doesn't make it.
2: I think that this series touches on a lot with all the different characters, what their fears are. You know, the fear of getting caught, the fear of getting shot, the fear of jumping, taking the risk. And it's interesting to see how, you know, Mon Mothma's fear of getting caught. Then you have Lonnie's fear of getting caught. All this other stuff. It's fear can drive really crazy reactions to things. And also can keep you from seeing what that next step is.
1: Yeah. It's a bummer. I yeah. I would have jumped. Yeah. I
0: mean, that's being you, but like, <clears throat> I think I would feel differently if I honestly could not swim.
2: Oh, a hundred percent. My
0: biggest fear in my entire life was like drowning. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's what we, that's what was revealed to us on that ledge is that well there's a
2: reason they made that prison yeah. in water besides the hydropower i'm sure it also is like how often are people going to get out and swim
0: i mean unless it was like oh we're going to build this prison and it's in water but we need a way to kill off that keynote character and somebody's just like i'll think of something <laughs> and it's like he they just write in this thing he can't swim We yeah. get to the edge and he can't swim it, well, I bet in one version of it, they weren't jumping off the edge, but it was just like he gets in the water and he's trying and he struggles and we watch him drown. I bet that that's was why, the version
1: too. That's why I I'm not saying it's so I, tragic. I'm not saying what they did was bad, but I think if they arrived inside the prison from inside of the ship and didn't know the surroundings of that prison, it would have added to like the tragedy of it because that's then he,
0: that's us to, talking about the show, and and I know, but I'm saying then he, get, he finally that gets to that point, maybe, but...
1: like Lacey said about the guy with the glasses, and he's like, Oh my god, you know what I'm saying? Like, that would have been just, I, I did, the show needs more brutality, but I did brutality. find
2: it interesting, per usual, with this series because it's Andor that when he says, I can't swim, and Melchian and and Cassian are like what what did you say I don't think they hear him before he gets knocked off and he gets knocked off and you see the camera from the low angle and then the scene ends so Cassian never knew that was the reason because him and Melshi are going what what did he say what and then he gets hit off the ledge so I don't know if Cassian ever finds out that he couldn't swim
0: yeah I mean I definitely caught that that he says what? Like, what did you say? And then Melchie goes,
2: "What did he say?"
0: Yeah, he says it a little bit louder, but they don't really clarify if they hear. him And then or he gets not. knocked off. Yeah, yeah. Either way, it still presents the same thing. It's just like if you want to look at it, like they never even heard him say it. And then he didn't they get got, to say goodbye. Yeah, kind of thing. By the way, I, I looked up the line that um, it, I'm I'm looking on the screen right now, and it's it's Kino looking straight at. Cassie and he's like looking him in the eyes and repeating back what he said he says I would rather die trying to take them down uh, than giving them what they want
1: right yeah yeah. and Very then fun. it cuts you know what... to
0: Cassian, and he's like oh my god I said that to you like 20 minutes ago yeah right that's I was... what I told him yeah <clears throat>
1: man and, and I was just thinking like that, that last shot with the moonlight and they're running on the beach they just get to shore and like you said, Lacey Luthan saying, like, I need heroes. And we see Melshi and we see Cassian. And that's the first I love time that like, they're together. And that's the first time he's like referred to in the story via a narration that he's a hero via the how they did the shot. And then the last time we see Ann, a Cassian, he's on a beach on the shore about to get swallowed up by the tidal wave from the Death Star blast. It's just like,
2: oh, man. <laughs>
1: damn it that stings it just hurts man it
2: really does hurt because i rewatched that whole sequence and plus, and like the moment they arrive i couldn't stop watching it today and i was yeah. like yeah oh, it's still burns. Again, again his I, sentence
1: I, would have been longer than than his actual life wound up being right this to the six years
2: mm-hmm. Right.
0: um it's funny i i said something uh, i think a couple weeks ago about Melshi, <laughs> and you guys were like, "Yeah," and I felt it even more so in this episode, which is, I know he's in Rogue One, but I cannot wait for other people to rediscover yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I cannot wait for people to watch this show and then go, "Wow, man, that season was great." I'm gonna, I'm gonna, It leads into Rogue One. I'm gonna put on Rogue One. Today. Oh, he's in this movie called Rogue One. They put Rogue it on, One. and they're <laughs> like, "What?" I never, I never put that together. You know, I just watched 12 weeks of Andor and like that dude's been in this movie this whole time and I never even put it together.
2: Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh.
0: And then you're like watching him through the whole thing. He rescues Jin. he's on the shores. He's like, (laughs) light it up. And he's like, boom, you know, it's like, that's him. You know, I'm so excited for other people to to put it together.
1: Yeah. Um, All right. So before we uh, jet, um, Lacey, any more super chats? I don't want to leave anybody hanging there.
2: There is one more from Sooner Thron. Thank you so much. He said, will we Thank see you. Mon give up her daughter this season or season two? And do we see K2SO the last episode? Great show, thanks. I think we're going to see K2 at the end of this season, but that's just me.
0: Mm,
1: I, I say yes and no. I say no and no.
0: No and no. Okay, so well, not we're up her daughter. all three options.
2: I don't think Mon's going to give up her daughter. No way. I mean she mm-hmm. That's a horrible <laughs> thing to
0: do. Yeah, I think that I th- uh, based on everything I said this far, I think that's what makes the decision hard. But I think that's why they're letting us recognize that it's it's going to have to happen. And again, oh. like if Luthen were there, he would he would make it happen because we already know it does happen. She's already on her own. She's not with parents, She's not with her daughter. Yeah, but you don't know that she
2: gives up her daughter already
0: you're right but i just think it's like all leading that that's way she, a bold she needs choice, to make right? the decision to, to give save up your the,
2: kid to the say the bigger yes rebellion yeah i don't think so all right well, i hope not everyone's anyway. saying perrin does it not mon oh that, i mean perrin finds out about it and says that's what we're doing and mon's against it but then perrin
1: and k2 they're gonna wait till season two
2: you think Yep. I hope it's season one. I hope.
0: He I think season I season think season one can wrap without K2 on a very big climactic note and make people feel good. But then I think when going into season two, if they show K2 in advertisements, people are going to be like, I'm back. I'm tuning in for that. That's, That's what's really- going to be. They don't need to end with him. They need to start mm-hmm. with him in the beginning of the next season. <sighs> That's. I could see
2: them showing up at the end of season two to some location and being like, We've got someone that can help you on your next mission, and the camera pans to an off line droid.
0: I, and that absolutely well, does work. but I think they have other options that they could go with to save yeah. k two for the next season. What
1: that's I'm what more I'm curious bad. about is there's been really no humor in this show, and I understand people saying like, well, this show doesn't need humor. and I'm that's oh my fine. God, I hear that, that all the time. Yeah, and that's that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. But K2SO was comic relief. Uh, he had big moments, but he was comic relief for Rogue One to ease a lot of the tension of watching that movie, as was Chirrut and Baze in, in their moments. I wonder how they're going to work that in to this show, which is arguably more serious and more um, hardened than than Rogue One. So That's going to be interesting how they walk that line i'm curious Mm -hmm. i'm very curious about that not as much as when he's going to pop up because we know he is going to but how they implement him is going to be interesting
2: people seem to think perrin's going to give up the daughter i'm going to
0: throw it out because the guy we get there next week because the drug lord
2: well because the (laughs) drug lord guy had said he'd met with perrin a couple times yeah but why do they need to give up the
1: daughter how about just telling that guy to you know what because
0: they clarify it's the last thing time so her life. He's the only person that could access those funds for her. So yeah. if the rebellion is to continue, this is the only guy that can make it happen. This is his request. She ushers them out and says I'm not even thinking about it and he says, "Yes you are." So I think and, they'll find and we another also way. No, later in the future, she there's doesn't have parents, she doesn't nothing... have a daughter. So I <sighs> think there's something that happens. It could be parent gives the daughter away. I'm willing to go with that, but I'm thinking one way or another There's a separation there. And I think that it has to be done in order for them to move forward.
1: Nothing about that says good guys, Rebel Alliance leaders to me at all. And it would actually piss me off. And I I think they're gonna find a way to make it work and and whether it's kill that guy or do something to, to send her daughter off to go live a life, whatever. They're not giving her away though. Like that that type of like human trafficking. BS that's happening in this world. Like, I don't want to see that in Star Wars, and I don't want to see Mon Mothma succumbing to that, whether it's a Perrin or her doing it. Like, no, 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 thanks. I mean, so I, again, nothing, I don't that think nothing do with that.
0: I don't think it's they're selling the daughter. It's it's betrothal and it's tradition, and they've done it for years. We still have arranged marriages
2: today. But she's doing it for money. <sighs>
0: It,
1: it's it's a great, it's agreeing yeah. to everything that she's trying to build a rebellion towards which is against tyranny and, and and people telling you what you need to do with your life. It's the antithesis of exactly what everything she stands for. There's no way they're going to, and if they do that, then they're, they're moronic. And I hope they don't.
2: Or it's just <laughs> going to go down a very dark path of her seeing <sighs> that the world is repeating itself over and over and over again and she has to stand up for her.
1: That would be, uh, I mean, that would be real rough that'd be rough i
2: mean unless the daughter's for it we don't know that That, that's
0: what i was gonna say too is like uh, again she seems like she's on dad's side so the dad could be like i think this is good she could be like yes this is good she could really get along with the other guy it just all sucks because mon mothma is supposed to be a moral character and she's just kind of like stuck because she wouldn't want that to be the case she wouldn't want her daughter being involved with bad influences like this guy like she doesn't want I don't, I don't see know. it
1: that way. I don't see that there's a dad side. I think he's just not a dad.
0: No, I he's think all, yeah.
1: he's there for the party. He doesn't care about what's going on in the world. They made yeah. that clear. He has no idea about the politics, doesn't care about anyone else but himself, when, when his next drink is coming and when his next party is. Like there's no like dad's side. She just doesn't mind him as much because he doesn't care and she, he she he stays out of her way. That's yeah, how he, I see it.
2: He's brian says just moral. kill the son after you get sure. the money brian the son didn't do anything <laughs> 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 it's not the son's fault
0: <laughs>
1: yeah oh man um, My poor son
0: no it's just he's of AJ the world Soprano. and that's something that he, mon manfa wants her daughter to be above like don't be like your father he's of the world and that's yeah. not good of well, the <clears throat> empire yeah
1: needless to say do you guys have um <clears throat> Before we get out of here, a- any quick thoughts on where we're kicking off um, and where we're headed for the, like what Tony Gilroy said? I believe he's directing these final two, this sort of two part finale.
2: I think.
0: I want to see that Andor cast- ship spin around so, with the lasers.
2: <laughs> first of all, I think it's been a year, right? That's what Luthen says in the show. He's like, it's been a year. So I think <clears throat> Andor's been in jail for a year, right? Mm
0: mm no. no, it's been a year since the last they talked to um, Lonnie. Uh, what's Lonnie. Yep. It's been one oh, year since it. the okay. last time he communicated and met with Lonnie. Yeah.
2: And Andor's been in jail for how many shifts? Like three months? Four months? I thought
1: it was only like 50 days. Yeah. Or something like
2: yeah, that. So,
0: not, not that long. Yeah.
2: Okay. So my thought is he has to go back to get his money, doesn't he? The money he left in that hotel room and the manifesto. Where do you leave that?
1: That's true. Yeah.
2: Because we like know that they didn't bring up the manifesto and leave him the manifesto for no reason whatsoever. He has yeah. to go back to see his mom, so I think he's going to make the mistake of going <laughs> back to Ferrex, Farrick. Like, why would you do that? But you have That's to because he has be, to see right.
1: his the mom die. and he yeah. has
2: to see Bix in the condition that she's in after the torture. Like, we yeah. haven't seen that also, yet. Also,
0: there's... Am, am I crazy? There's another scene they show on Ferrex in the trailers where the guys are wearing the, like solo mud trooper outfits mm. and they're so you're all saying maybe standing they stole like a line outfits? of security oh wow. no 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 Was Mike. that
1: not are you confusing that Did with the, what, what, that? that shot of them on aldani wearing those those outfits that looked similar i don't know
0: uh it's possible <laughs> i thought it was <laughs> but, unfair, and i was like okay so that's coming i think up.
1: that's a great point lacy like the the whole like I don't think Marva gonna go beyond this season because she she's, already she's already not already in,
2: taking her medicine. Yeah,
1: she's already in failing health, and the next season's the next year. Yeah, so we're gonna see that, and that's gonna be rough. Um, so, yeah, it's gonna be. It's gonna, yeah. Um, I see. Yeah, Mike wrote uh, Ferrex is gonna happen because Sinta and ISB agent were watching Marva's house. Yeah, something's going down. So we'll see, but yeah, we're uh, we'll find out next week. Um, any final thoughts before uh, we we start wrapping up?
2: I hope we get to see Luthen's uh, lightsaber ship.
0: That's what I said when you started. Yeah. I was kind of talking over you, but like I want to see oh. that scene where it's it's very clearly oh. spinning around and <clears throat> spinning <through> stuff. <clears throat> yeah.
1: Andy Serkis also said the parts that they were building do hold significance, and he's like, if you pay attention closely, you'll see why. So those things that they were building, it's not just something. Speculation was accurate that like there was significance to what they were building. And he said uh, there will be like a payoff or an explanation. We'll understand what what that's all about. So
2: in the next um, two episodes, or eventually in the story,
1: he just said at some point. He said, but they they do hold significance. What they were. Thinking.
2: I was looking at like because it's like a triangle type shape. I don't know.
1: I mean, it you could just be something from the Death Star. You know, it could be. You know what it looked
2: like? Honestly, it looked like the tower that Jin and Cassian climb up that hold all the plans in Scarif. Oh. Because it's like a triangle-type tower that has, like, stacks. Yeah. That's what it kind of looks like. I want to look at that. Because I was watching it today, so I know what they look like when they're climbing. It's like this kind of, like, triangle shape. Yeah.
1: Jeez. So wow, he's like
2: building the tower that he eventually gets shot on.
1: <laughs> I mean, that, I, I'm not, I'm not opposed to that. I think that's a good theory. Yeah.
2: But um, then again, I could be totally wrong because nobody ever knows anything, right?
1: Hey, it's all speculating. Is some of the most fun parts of doing this stuff. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. All right, um, so give me one uh, second. James, looks like, one. Yeah, second. he looks like James is
2: doing I, some kind of
1: meddling yeah. over there. Here we are trying to keep the dead air. From arriving. <laughs> Sorry, I'm
0: trying to find the window to come back. Let's
1: let the audio listeners listen to me scratching my beard. <laughs> so, well, let me get to the the stuff first, James, as you're looking. But yeah, um, I want to thank our patrons. First of all, uh, we've had a few people join the past few days. And thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a big year ahead of us, uh, including uh, we are only five months away from celebration. And we're heading to London. Um,
2: Oh my goodness. So your support makes us able to
1: not only be able to do that, but also uh, do coverage there. A lot of cool stuff. If you're not going, bring you into that experience. We're going to be on the floors and hopefully doing some uh, podcasting and that sort of thing. So thank you very much to everyone who's been going to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. You can sign up for just $5. We have a lot of extra content on there. um, And we're going to be doing uh, tomorrow night. We're going to be doing our Revenge of the Sith live commentary tomorrow night. Uh, So if you are already a patron and you're available, come hang out with us tomorrow as we do a live commentary of that movie. It will also be on the page thereafter, but it's a great time to sign up now. Uh, Check out the tiers again, patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. And a very special thank you to our generals and spice runners. Carmelo, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Frank Grande, Darth Hurricane, Nick Kratz, Christian Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Danny, Mike Ramori, Matt Heath, Chris White, Brendan McLaughlin, Count Pepto, Sneaky Zebra, Paul Sullivan, and Val Trichkoff are our generals and the Spice Runners. David Probus, Neil Shaw, Kendall Gellner, Ryan Wara, Dave Hornack, Thomas Hennessy, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, and Michael Fry, and all of our patrons. Thank you so much. And everybody who's just a TRB listener, supporter, our community is awesome because of you. So thank you so much for making this uh, a nice little pocket of the fan galaxy to hang out in. It means a great deal to us. Um, You can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey, writing and editing at Star Wars Newsnet and my movie podcast, just like the movies. Uh, Lacey, how about you?
2: People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillarin. All
1: right. And James, did you find what you were looking for?
2: Yes.
0: um, So this was the shot from the trailer that I was talking about. I pulled it up real quick. Uh, boom so oh okay that looks to me like that's Ferrex. yeah Yeah. like i don't think we've gotten that shot yet where there's like an army of like the mud trooper looking unless that's that
1: scene where clem gets hung
2: oh they haven't shown that yet though but i
1: No, they have they have
0: yeah he's oh clem
2: sorry i was thinking about the other guy the guy before bix his dad yeah yeah. yeah,
0: but I I don't know that. Um, I I think they were showing like clone troopers and stuff in that scene. Wasn't that the scene with the clone troopers and all that? So it wasn't it's, these yeah. guys.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. Just right. a thought, just throwing it up. Um, well, tweet it, uh, James at Myra Trunks, right? At Myra we'll Trunks. Talk about yes, it. yeah, and Instagram. Both. Um. All right, we'll be back doing this show next Wednesday. Episode 11 of Andor, but also don't forget Monday we have a brand new episode coming of the podcast, where we're going to dive into the latest news going on with uh, the movies. Uh, A lot of the movie news coming out from the trades, but also Mm -hmm. some official reveals about upcoming Disney Plus series. So a great show coming for you Monday. And of course, like I said, if you're a patron, all the other extra stuff we're doing, including the Revenge of the Sith commentary tomorrow night. So tonight's the night if you want to sign up for Patreon, great night to do it. Um, But until then, we hope everyone has a wonderful night. We hope everyone has a wonderful weekend and we'll see you next time right here on the Resistance Broadcast. See you around, kids.